0: communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder.
1: Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. And here uh, in November, where we are recording this, it is the first day of snow in Nova Scotia, so winter has officially arrived. Now, if you're listening anywhere in the Northern United States into Ontario, you guys would have gotten the snow last week and man, Buffalo, three feet of snow, can't believe it. I am not missing that at all. But today I've got a wonderful guest coming on, Chris Miles. And he got married in 2013 They got pregnant with their first son in 2016 and his wife sat him down and said, dear, I'm quitting my $40,000 a year job because I want to provide my child with mommy care as opposed to daycare. And I can so relate my husband. and I made that same decision that I would stay home and he would be the one working. So he switched to niche niche depends where you're from, blogging, YouTube, and affiliate marketing. And 18 months later, they were able to pay off their debt and he retired his wife. He's a self-proclaimed Seinfeld and the office nerd and a huge sucker for a good Marvel movie. Me too. So (laughs) welcome to the show, Chris.
2: Hey, how are you doing, Kim? Thanks so much for having me on. Really excited.
1: So Chris, when I saw your profile and I saw that you had used blogging, YouTube, and affiliate marketing to retire your wife. That really intrigued me, and we and we'll want to talk about that. But first, I just would love for you to spend a few minutes, introduce yourself, and share a bit of your story.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. So um, you kind of went into a lot of it just now, but, you know, just in the very beginning, it was just me and my wife, and we were kind of, we had jobs, bs is what I like to call them, or just over broke type jobs, because we had enough to survive and we were living but we were always like one little you know peanut away from complete devastation (laughs) you know if a car broke down if something uh broke on the house or something like that we'd have to go into you know probably some major debt just to fix that i think there's an old stat out there that says like 70 percent of I don't know like Americans, I believe, says they, they can't handle a thousand dollar emergency without going into debt. Yeah, that was us like times 10, you know, so uh, that's where we were. And um, I started up this whole uh, blogging and affiliate marketing thing in response to my wife wanting to quit her job. Um, I remember at first I told her, like, we can't afford that. Like, it's <laughs> like not at all. Um, Can you at least work part time or something? You know, but she kind of just sat me down, looked at me in my eye and said, no, you need to figure this out. So I was like, ah, I got to put my big boy pants on as fast as I could. And um, I did what most people did is uh, go online and Google how to make money online. And uh, you can only imagine a cesspool of stuff pops up when you do that. <laughs> but um, I tried a few things. A lot of them didn't work, but I did eventually stumble across um, blogging and uh, being able to use other things like affiliate marketing and YouTube and everything like that. And when about 18 months, we had all of our debt paid off, except for the house, but it's a low interest, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but um, yeah, we had all of our debt paid off. Um, I was able to have her quit her job. And about two years later, there wasn't even a plan, but about two years later, the opportunity popped up that I could have handed my resignation and I went for it. And that was about four years ago now. So we're, we're still doing okay. And uh, trying to do my best to stave off employment.
1: <laughs> so you were doing a job and doing the blogging and the YouTube and the affiliate marketing on top of that.
2: Yes. Yeah. It was um a lot of time <laughs> to try to figure this out because it's a full time job in itself. Sometimes trying to figure out how to get these things up and running. But typically, once you have it going and you understand the process, then you can start to scale back and then create systems where other people are doing other things for you so now you can kind of buy back your time but um no in those early days you know i was working you know i had a nine to five but you know no nine to five was really a nine to five it's more like a eight to six or a seven to seven you know i That's had the seven to, to seven. yeah exactly right travel time and uh i was on call a lot so mm. there would be times where you know 12 o'clock one o'clock in the morning all of a sudden i get a call hey chris something's broken and it's like okay you know so um that's that was the life, you know, that's what we had. it was it was paying the bills and and that's what we went for. But um to try to create an actual you know re- actually more than create but replace her income, I needed something that would continue to make money even if I wasn't working on it. Um there's an old quote from Warren Buffett that says,, uh, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you're going to work until you die. And I really kind of took that to heart at the time, and I started trying to look for ways that could uh, generate revenue without me having to actively work on it. And blogging was perfect for that.
1: That is so cool. So just before we kind of get into what you want to teach and train on, why did you decide on blogging?
2: Yeah. So one of the greatest ways to really make money online, like the internet right now is like the ultimate leveling factor, right? At least in my opinion. Uh, For example, when the pandemic had first hit, you know, all of these big, you know, um, talk television show hosts and everything, they had to figure out how to produce their shows from home, you know, because there was nobody there. And I would watch some of their shows and it was terrible. They couldn't understand the right pacing and how to keep people watching a video for a long time. And because of that, I felt as though I have an advantage over these guys who make millions, right? You know, just the talk and I'm sitting here like, man, I have an advantage over them because I can hold a YouTube audience longer than they can. The way that the internet is, it, everyone has that opportunity, right? And one yeah. of those biggest opportunities is social media. So, you know, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, these are all free services, but typically, you know, there's an old saying that if something is free, that means you are the product, right? So yes. uh, when it comes to that, I like, because of all these options that were available, I could have started trying to, you know, get uh, uh, customers from Facebook or customers from Instagram and all of these different places. But what I realized was when you post something on Twitter, it lasts maybe 15 minutes. When you post something on Instagram, I think it's like an hour. If you post something, even on YouTube, you know, it might last a, a, a few months. But if you post a blog article, typically... You can especially if you get it to uh, be number one and rank number one, you can sometimes get stuff to rank for years and you only have to do the work once. And that's really what drew me to it, because like even when I'm doing what's called keyword research, where you try to find topics that you can create content on where you have a great chance at ranking number one in Google for it. That's basically what keyword research is. But I'll do keyword research nowadays, and I'll see articles that have been ranking number on the first page of Google since 2011. You know, that was more than a yeah. decade ago, and they're still li- they're still live, they're still getting traffic, and they're still getting income to the people who produced it. So that's really what drew me to blogging, is I only got to do the work once, and then maybe review it once or twice a year, and then move on from there. That's a pretty good business model, and I jumped on it.
1: Wow. You are so correct. I think, you know, social media does play a role. And for me, social media is more about social proof because that's where people go to check you out. They check out your Google, they check out your social media to kind of get a gauge of who you are before they, you know, they want to work with you. So I think social media is important in terms of that, but you are correct that, you know, a post just, they don't last. They don't last any length of time. And even if you get a lot of traction on that post. You might maybe get, well, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, you might get a day or two.
2: Yeah. It's a treadmill, Kim. Like it's totally a treadmill. And all you're doing is just constantly, constantly, constantly posting just to try to keep up with the algorithm Um, where Google is totally different. Um, When you try to rank on Google, you can, it's probably one of the most consistent traffic sources on the planet, in my opinion, because, it's, it's been around a lot longer than a lot of these social medias, and they're, they're still going strong. There's companies that are multi-million dollar companies that do everything based on how Google performs. Um, sometimes I do lo- lose sleep at night because of that, but <laughs> regardless, uh, it it's, it's consistent. It's been working for years. It's going to continue working for years, and that's why I'm actually doubling down on it right now, um, because I, I see the the future of it. You know, As long as there's search engines around, it's going to be a need for content publishers.
1: Yeah. I agree. The only concern I have is sort of placing all your eggs in one basket because, you know, we all know what can happen sometimes if Facebook went down or, you know, something happens and you get booted off and all that hard work has gone to nothing because now you can't get your stuff back. Um, That would be my one concern. But I I so agree with you with the fact that, you know, you want to build out on platforms that are going to keep you going so that you don't have to do it all the time. It's one of the things I like about YouTube. Now, like you said, YouTube is a few months, right? So it's not a hundred percent continuous, but you know, when, sometimes when I search good YouTube, I'm finding videos that are six, seven years old when I search specific topics. So I think even YouTube because well, it's highly related to Google has that, you know, longer shelf life as well.
2: Nah, I totally agree, and that's actually one of my biggest arguments for blogging because, you know, I mean, it's very rare. Don't get me wrong; it'll it'll probably rarely happen if ever. But I have heard situations where someone had a YouTube channel and for whatever reason it just disappeared or stopped showing up in search, and these are the, those kind of things. And same thing with you know Facebook. If if you sneeze wrong, Facebook can shut down your account tomorrow. Same thing with Instagram, since Instagram technically is. Facebook. I've been in Facebook jail. Yeah, being in Facebook jail. Exactly. Right. So at the end of the day, you have to remember your Facebook profile is Facebook.com slash your profile. Instagram is Instagram.com slash your profile. YouTube is YouTube.com slash your profile. But when you have a blog that's yours, that is yours. No one can take that from you. You're paying to have it hosted on the internet. Now, granted, you are using Google to send as much traffic as possible to that blog. But even if Google disappeared tomorrow, there's still going to be people who are searching for stuff online. They're just going to move to a different search engine. You know, search engines has completely changed human history, in my opinion, because we can figure out stuff literally within seconds. Like before the call, we were talking about how I didn't want to say a certain person's name because my, you know what, will kick on my Alexa, right? So I was like, you know, because of that, you know, you ask a random question, it's because you want to be able to know it now you know, 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. And uh, because of that, there's the world's a much smaller place because of places like Google. And I'm trying to take advantage of it as much as I can by having my own blog that draws traffic. And from that traffic, you can make money. You just got to figure out the best way to monetize.
1: Awesome. So Chris, I know you've got some teaching and some training prepared today for my audience. I'm going to let you loose um, just to share with, you know, how you've been doing the blogging, how you're getting the attention on Google. And, you know, just share a few practical hints and tips that, you know, my audience can start using today to help them move their their businesses forward.
2: Yeah, for sure. So I mean I know you're um you know I don't know how technical your audience is. I know there are a bunch of you know like authors and stuff and which is great because if you're good at writing, then you're gonna far out and, and away be really good at blogging because I'm basically writing a small novel when i create a blog um so if you're good at writing that's even better the best part about this whole process is even with google uh, sorry with blogging is you don't even have to be a that good of a writer you really just have to be a little uh, um a little bit more helpful than the next person because the way google works is that the cream typically rises to the top they just want to make sure that the person who gets to google gets the answer that they're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. So think about it. Most times when you go to Google, you're asking you to, you're asking Google the question and hopefully to get the answer back. But what's most important is you want to get the right answer back, right? Not just any random answer. I don't know if you might remember, if you used to Google stuff back in the day, you might get these e articles or these little yes. weird things that will pop in. You're like, this isn't helpful, you know? That was back when Google was more like the Wild West. Now they're a lot more polished. They know what they're doing a lot better. And because of that, if you can do what's called answer the search intent, as in if you Google a phrase like, how tall is Michael Jordan or something, right? The search intent for that is, I wanna know how tall Michael Jordan is. Um, I don't wanna know about his family. I don't need to know about what kind of cars he owns or anything like that. I just wanna know how tall he is. That's what the search intent is. So as long as you can satisfy the search intent and then prove to Google that you have enough authority to say that you can that, that to be correct about what it is that you're saying, And when someone Googles and they get the answer that they want, they're going to use Google again and again and again. And the more people use Google, the more likely they will be to uh, uh, be shown an advertisement. And if they're shown an advertisement and they click on it, Google gets paid. And that's really the biggest chunk of money that Google gets is from selling ads. So we just have to work in conjunction with the way that Google wants there to perform what they want What their big vision for their brand is to help people find answers to questions so that they can continue using the platform so we use a thing that's called seo or search engine optimization to be able to get our articles to rank in google and that's really the thing i would like to you know uh, share with your audience is using seo is super important you can write a blog post and you can name it this is what i did today you know this is what i ate for breakfast. But no one cares about that, right? That type of blogging died in 2009, you know? So because of that, we have to now find the right types of Phrases and questions that people are asking Google, and then create content around it. And if you do so in a strategic way, you can really create content around any topic because there's questions about every topic. If you are, let's just say, um, maybe golf, and let's just say you have uh, maybe you are a golf fanatic, you maybe even have a book about golf, but now you want to promote your golf book on google how do you do that well you're going to have your book as being the central offer right and then whether you're giving it away for free or you're selling it for a certain amount of money the thing is now that you have the offer you just got to get the right eyeballs on it so how do you get those eyeballs you write um, question and answer type content that will draw your ideal audience so a question like How do I fix my backswing or something like that. You can create content on that, make it nice and unique that satisfies the search intent by actually answering the question. And then once you get people who are who are Googling that phrase, they land on your article obviously they wouldn't be on that article if they weren't interested in golf at which point you answer the question and then at the end of the article or maybe as a pop up or something like that you can say by the way i have a book that talks about golf right here maybe you'd, you know you'd like to go check it out and that's how to get free traffic to your site or to your offers or whatever it is that you happen to be promoting at the time. So at the end of the day, you have to use search engine optimization to be able to be found on Google so that you can pretty much promote any product that you happen to have.
1: That is so cool. Now, the question is, because I've heard this many times,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how do you do some basic SEO? Because here's the thing, if, you, if you're if you not doing it properly or whatever, like, and I totally agree with you you know, your content, Q&A type, answering, awesome. But what are some of the practical ways that you accomplish that?
2: Yeah. So first of all, you would want to use a platform that is, I would say, conducive to Google. And um, a lot of times people will go with like Squarespace or Wix. We always see these commercials and stuff when we're on YouTube or something. But in my opinion, typically those aren't your best options when it comes to hosting your website. There's a a content management system that's called WordPress that a lot of people are probably kind of familiar with because it makes up I think around 40 or 50 percent of the internet and because of that Google is very good at reading WordPress meaning they can easily figure out what's on your site when Google knows what's on your site it makes it easier for them to promote it to people who would be interested in what you have on your site so Number one, I would definitely recommend using WordPress. Now, there is some other things that you can do to really hone in on your SEO. So we mentioned earlier um, how to fix your backswing. If you're going to create an article on how to fix your backswing, the number one thing you want to make sure is that you include that phrase, how to fix your golf swing, in the title of your article. That's probably the number one thing you have to do. After you've included it in the title, you want to include some type of clickable element within that title, just to kind of encourage people to click it and kind of differentiate you from other people who might be on Google. So instead of just saying how to fix your backswing and leaving it at that, you'd say how to fix your backswing. I tried 10 different ways. This is what I found or something like that. It's a little long, but uh, for the most part, you're trying to find some type of intriguing element to include into it. That's the number one thing I would do for SEO. Number two is make sure that you include that title again, how to fix your backswing." in the actual URL or the website name um, for that. Now, not the actual website name. If you're golf.com, you want to do golf.com slash how to fix your golf swing. That's what we call a slug. It's the second part of the URL so that you know Google knows where to send you or your computer knows, I should say, knows where to send you when you put in that URL, you know, that web address. So you want to make sure that your keyword is in that as well. Mm-hmm. Then put your keyword in the first 100 or so words of your article. Uh, Usually, I'll just put it in the first or second paragraph where I tell people, hey, this is what we're going to talk about today, you know, and include it in the first 100 words. But then after that, you don't really have to use it anywhere else. I would normally use it naturally throughout the rest of the article, as long as it makes sense. Sometimes some newer people who are just getting into SEO would want to put that phrase you know, how to fix your golf swing. This is how to fix your golf swing. I would fix my golf swing by doing this. And this is how you should fix your golf swing. That's not good content, right? That's, that's annoying. Stuffing. Yeah, that's exactly. Stuffing. And it's called keyword stuffing. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And that's something that you shouldn't do. And Google can see that you are, quote unquote, over-optimizing your article. And that actually can ding you, where they actually will demote your your page or maybe even your entire site by doing that too often. Because that's that's the way Google used to work. And they're trying to get away from that, right? So... Mm-hmm. Um, Google's is smart, all right? they they're 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 up there. They're this far away from being Skynet, in my opinion. So knowing everything <laughs> about everybody. So they can read an article and they can tell what the article is about based on certain words that are within that article. Yeah. So if I said like Springfield, how do you know if I'm talking about, you know, Springfield, the city? Or if I am, which Springfield the city, or am I talking about the fictitious Springfield that The Simpsons live in, right? If you use other words within that article, such as Homer or Marge or Bart, or, uh, um, you know, I guess I say, I can't really think of anything else. But uh, if you use words like that, that gives Google an indication that, okay, this is the Springfield from the TV show. So yes. you want to use um, what are called latent semantic keywords. That's a, that's a ridiculously long phrase for no reason, but um, using keywords that are associated with the main topic so that Google can see that, oh, okay, I see what this article is about. And again, if article no- if Google knows what your article is about, it's easier for them to know where to put it, and usually that's in, the f- in front of the people who you want to read your article in the first place.
1: Wow. That is so cool. So the question <laughs> I have for you is, because you didn't yeah. talk about it yet, what do you blog on?
2: Oh, so, okay, so I am what's called a content publisher, I guess you can say, right? Because I've gotten to the point now to where um, I hire people to write articles for me. Um, I still write articles myself, but I don't write as many as I used to. I might do, you know, maybe five or 10 a month where before I was probably doing close to 30 or so by myself a month. But um, because of that, I actually own multiple blogs um, that are on a various different types of subjects. And plus I've had blogs that um, in the past that I've bought and sold as well. Um, actually, you know, not to mention it, Kim. That's one thing that a lot of people don't realize as well is that blogs or content websites can actually be purchased and sold um, because they are uh, there are they are assets. They are these assets that generate revenue. You know, whether it's from display ads or affiliate marketing, which you know, um, one thing that I specialize in. And because of that, and we know that the traffic from Google is so consistent, you can actually buy and sell these blogs. Um, and you can usually do so at a tune of 35 to 50 times the amount of money the art the website generates um, in terms of revenue every month. So if a website generates $1,000 consistently per month, that blog itself is worth anywhere from $30,000 to $50,000. And there's people out there who will who will buy it, you know. And it's a good it's actually a good haven to kind of stash money away as well. It's all because Google just happens to be so consistent. But regardless, I mentioned all of that to say this. I have a lot of blogs. So, for example, I do have a golf blog. Um, I have the bloggerevolution.com, which is where I actually show people how to do this blogging stuff. I've had blogs. I just purchased a blog, an auto blog. So I'm going to be writing content on on automotive stuff soon. Um, I've had blogs on uh, essential oils. I've had blogs on coffee. um, I've had a few of them, and I just, I've just i bought and sold blogs along the year because I've been doing this since around 2016, and um, it's a pretty cool industry. You know, I, I must say being able to invest in websites, um, because it's so predictable as well, I can create a site, dump a ton of money in content, as in paying other people to write the content for me, and since I can float the money, I can wait until the site starts to turn around and starts to generate that money back, and um, it's a great way to invest as well.
1: Wow, that's incredible. So something I was thinking about, and maybe you could address, what would you say to someone who's maybe an entrepreneur and wants to add blogging in so they've got their business, they're working on the business, they want to use this blogging, uh, you know, as a way to earn additional income, but also maybe some positioning, what, what would your be your best ideas for where a person would start?
2: Yeah, if you're not doing blogging, my number one question would be why haven't you started, you know, Um, blogging is a long game, you're not going to start a blog tomorrow, and it's not going to be getting a ton of traffic the next day, Um, you're going to have to work with it. But blogging has one of the largest ROIs of any other traffic source that you're going to get, because of the amount of money it actually costs to create content. Versus how much money you're going to end up getting back from it, whether it's from display ads, affiliate marketing, or promoting your own products. So um, you need to, you should have a blog. If you have a business, you should have a blog. Um, if it's a, if it's strictly a local business, a blog might be a little bit of an overkill. But um, if your um, business has any type of national or international appeal at all you should have a blog. Um, and the best way to get started with that is, again, just start answering those common questions that your clients would normally walk up to you to ask in the first place. And you create content on it and get really nuanced. Um, There's certain You can get very specific with certain types of questions, and you're probably going to be one of the only people on the internet who has an article that talks about that, which means the few people who actually do look for it your article ranks number one, and now you have your ideal customer right there at your doorstep. And uh, it's free, right? That's a, that's a free lead. You didn't have to pay to get the article up, but you can actually, I think I pay one of my writers around 40 to $50 to write an article. So I can, you know, the blog itself to start is like $12 for the domain. So it's very, it's very inexpensive. So um, I would not spend, you know, $50 to have an article written in my go out there. It it may not get like, you know, 2,000 hits per month, but it might get, you know, 50. It might get 100. All of a sudden, that's 100 people landing on my site that are going to be interested in what I have to talk about. If I get two or three of them, I've I've spent $50 and probably made a $2,000 sale, right? So it really just... It doesn't get any better than that in terms of the ROI. And you don't have to worry about giving Mr. Zuckerberg any of your money, right? You don't have to worry about running Facebook ads or, or Instagram ads or anything like that. You know, you can do that just fine without having to pay for ads for anybody, just following some of the SEO tactics we talked about before.
1: That is so cool. We've got a few minutes left, and I just want to switch gears a little bit because. You also use, use YouTube and I'd love to hear how you use YouTube because, you know, blogging is obviously the written word and then you've got YouTube, which is, is video. How, how do you incorporate the YouTube into it?
2: Yeah, so I mean, YouTube and blogging, they're both owned by, well, not blogging, but Google owns both of them, right? The search engine as well as YouTube. But they work very, very well in conjunction with each other. What differentiates YouTube from all these other places on the internet that happens to have video as well is that YouTube is also a search engine. People go to YouTube to search for things and how to do it. And when you Google stuff, sometimes a video is going to pop up. And usually that's because based on the information that Google has acquired, you know, when people Google this phrase, this video seems to be the best option for you. So sometimes you might Google something and a video pops up and you're like, oh, okay. So this this might mean that if you wanted to create that similar content and you want to have a shot at ranking, you're probably going to have to create a YouTube video on the subject as well. But there's been situations, at least I know for me, when I would Google something and then a video will pop up. But the thing about YouTube, right? is like, you got to sit through, everything. You got to sit through the ad. You got to sit through, you know, the um the creator talking about how they want you to join their email list and thanks for subscribing and please do this and please do that. And it might take you five minutes before you even get to the middle of the video where you're trying to get the answer to your question. And sometimes it's just better to just scroll down and click on the article and you can skim it, get what you need and you can go. Um, So because of that, I always think there's, there's always going to be a room for written content. Um, you know, even though newspapers, quote unquote, are a dying industry, they're still online. People still read newspapers. They just read them online. So you just have to start creating content in conjunction with your blog. And that's when you're going to really start seeing stuff shoot up. Um, for one of my brands, incorporating YouTube probably, I would probably say 10x the, 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 um, the speed of growth for that business. It would have been just fine if I just stuck with the blog. And you probably can just stick with the blog with a lot of different topics. But if you're in like a very competitive space, you'd want to add video because that's kind of a barrier to entry. Some people just don't want to do video, don't know how to do video, don't feel like doing video. Um, If you can kind of, you know, coach yourself out of that and actually create it and start putting stuff on YouTube, YouTube with a blog together, that's dynamite. Like It it, it can really blow up if you um, can actually put some effort towards it.
1: Well, one thing I've been noticing on YouTube lately and excites me is chapters. And YouTube is actually, when you divide your uh, video into chapters, which is very easy to do, in your show notes, you or in, in the description, you can put the time, you can put the title, which should be like a keyword, for each of the segments of your video. And from what I've been told, Google's now using those titles, chapter titles, as keywords And if you type in that keyword, it will bring the video up to the spot in the video where that question is answered. So I'm actually very excited about that because it now takes it to the next level where people don't have to watch the whole video. Google will take them to the spot in the video that answers the questions that they have.
2: Yeah, that's exactly the case. Um, They've heard the complaints from people, you know, having to go through the whole process. You can actually click on it, like you mentioned, and it'll jump you to that exact part of the video where the Google AI thinks is going to answer your question the fastest. Right. And this is actually good news even for us, Kim, because apparently YouTube's going to be doing a very similar thing with a podcast, a big push with podcasts. Um are going to I believe YouTube like hired some guy who used to work at Spotify, who did podcasts, and now he's working with YouTube, and we're just kind of just waiting to see what he's going to do with the platform, right? And it's exciting because, you know, there's not as many podcasts as there are YouTube channels out there, So we have a very uh, good opportunity to really blow up, you know, getting this digital real estate. So um, you know, they're gonna be able to do the exact same thing. They'll be able to listen to our podcast, they can transcribe it, figure out what keywords we're using, and then be able to edit in. And, you know, people who might have specific questions who might be more inclined to listen to a podcast and maybe jumping on a video or something like that, that's going to help grow our brands, it's going to help, it's going to continue helping people who have questions. And, um, I mean, it's just, that's, it's, it's awesome. You know, I, I really believe that this is a, a pretty good time in history to get started. But just like I think this. When's the best time to start a blog or the best time to start ten a YouTube channel? <laughs> it was, you know, it was ten years ago. But the best time to start one is right now. You know, the next yes. best time is right now. So I mean, if if you know if you're doing this one thing, I mean, be careful about diversifying. That's one. Of, that's a weird word because you know. Oh yeah, I got two blog posts up now. I better start diversifying into Instagram or something like. Nah, that's a little too early. You want to make sure that you make your mark in one place and get there to where it's pretty much running on its own. And then you can expand to other places. If you try to spread yourself too thin, you'll end up having a whole bunch of half done projects and nothing complete.
1: Well, you only have so many hours in the day, so you might as well Correct, use them yeah. effectively.
2: Yeah. And if you have the money, then you can, um, or you have the money to invest, then you can hire a social media manager or you can hire someone to help you slice up your YouTube videos, which is what I do. You know, it really helps to be able to have someone else doing that work for you. Um, one thing that I should have done a long time ago was, start outsourcing stuff I kind of held that to the to the vet close to the vest as long as I possibly could and then I started buying back my time and realized that it's much better for me to pay someone you know 40 50 bucks to write an article where it would have taken me you know two hours perhaps to do it before now I can do what I want and the article still gets done so it it really does uh work better for you but if I have any advice to anyone is outsource as soon as you can
1: That is awesome. So, Chris, if people have been watching this on LinkedIn Live and then listening to it on the podcast and they want to connect with you, what's the best way to connect?
2: Yeah, you can definitely find me um, on my podcast, uh, Blogger Evolution. So be sure to check that out. Um, Or you can just go to bloggerevolution.com and connect with me there. Um, If it's on LinkedIn, you can search uh, Chris Miles, M-Y-L-E-S, and uh, you'll see me in like a little red blazer or something. So go ahead and check it out. And um, those are probably the best places if you're talking about just where to find me, including LinkedIn.
1: That is so awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. This has been Chris Miles and Kim Thompson Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to check out my book, Author to Authority, on Amazon. It takes you through what authority marketing is and how you can use it as an entrepreneur to really just take your business to the next level in ways that you never imagined. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode.
0: Bye now. You've been listening to the author to authority podcast the extraordinary word ninja Kim Thompson Pinder has helped over 200 entrepreneurs professionals speakers and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business and many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages we hope you've enjoyed the show make sure to like rate and review and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.